0: welcome everybody to the well-played dlc podcast episode one we are rebooting our podcast after having a unorganized shambles of a podcast with our previous name do even game bro and we're here to kick it off again and it's going to be awesome i hope uh joining us today is kieran hey jordan yo
1: and ash am i allowed to say more than one syllable for my greeting or is it just hey or yo (laughs) (laughs) You can have two can but you have sup? to say
2: nothing next time
1: Oh okay What's up What's
2: up Oh wait Wait Are we going
1: or did, <laughs> <you> just... <laughs> Excellent I wasn't sure if
0: Ash like stopped and we have to like go again No Alright that's cool. no, that's, ex- that's It's called banter That's right. how yeah. podcasts work. Okay <laughs> You can just wipe that off John Please <laughs> um, just, uh,
1: when, you, when you're editing the podcast please just delete all banter Yeah, <laughs> yeah all ba- No banter Everyone it's, has to wait their
0: turn it's just like the Facebook chat, no banter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. So, now I've got, yeah, so we've done that. How are we all tonight,
3: today? I'm good. Yeah, Been, pretty uh, good. Playing some D- old to games. To be
1: completely honest, it's actually very, very cold in Tasmania at the moment. Yeah, actually, while we're, being kind of honest,
2: while we're being honest, I'm really sick, so... Ah, there we go. It's all coming out of the yeah. woodwork now. Everyone was fine just
1: a second ago, <laughs> but now we're being honest, we're actually cold and suffering.
2: Yeah, the winter
0: sickness is starting to uh, come, unfortunately. So what have we all been playing?
3: Uh, oh. Jordan, actually. No, sure. go for yeah, it, Jordan. Oh. Uh, I've, I've actually been playing, uh, an oldie, I've been playing Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask for a bit of a piece that I'm writing. Thought I'd uh, do the research on it, and yeah, I actually just finished it last night.
1: Nice. Are you playing that on 3DS? Uh, of course. Excellent. And how is it? Uh, I
3: mean, it, it is one of my favourite games of all time, so, you know, obviously it sucks. Um, is, it, uh, <laughs> is it really Is it better the
0: more times you play it?
3: <laughs> what was that?
0: Is it better the more times you play it?
3: Um, Yeah, I'd say so, because I tend to uh, discover or appreciate things I didn't otherwise appreciate the uh the previous times around. It's kinda like I, I find a new thing to appreciate every time I play it. Very nice. Kieran? Sick.
2: Uh I just finished Far Cry New Dawn. Uh meaning to play it since it came out and yeah. Been smashing it out while I've been sick. It's been good. And you enjoyed it as much as Dylan? I Whoa what did what did Dylan give it
0: again? I think he gave it a nine, didn't you? Yeah, he?
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's dope. It's way better than five. It's, um, it's got some good callbacks to like earlier games in some of the mechanics and stuff, so it's really good. Tasty.
1: Uh, Ash, you? Me? Uh, I think I'm pretty much up to at least 100 hours in Mortal Kombat 11, Jesus. even though, you know... Have you unlocked anything I... yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've unlocked, like, four different pairs of pants that I can wear on, like, one character that I never play, but, yeah, after I trashed it in my review, I actually have come right around on it. Since they improved it, I've been playing the hell out of it, and I think it's starting to annoy you every single person that knows me in real life.
3: I wish I could say the same for Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> who's your, um, yes.
1: who's your favourite character in Mortal Kombat? In Mortal Kombat in general or Mortal Kombat 11? I uh, go both. Okay, uh, in Mortal Kombat in general it's Ermac just because, you know, the dude was an error that became an actual character. But uh, in Mortal Kombat 11 I've actually become that which I hate most. Uh, my older brother used to pick on me with Kung Lao and oh. uh, now I am Kung Lao so I've become that which I hate.
0: Poetic. Nice. Uh I like, um, is it Noob? Yeah, Noob, Noob Cybot,
1: and Rain. <laughs> because no, Noob Cybot in Mortal Kombat Eleven is fantastic because he's the biggest Edge Lord in the in the universe. Is Rain in it? Rain is not in it.
0: Ugh. Cancel the game. Yeah,
1: he's yeah. The, the creators keep trolling people about not putting him in games.
0: No good. Uh, well, I've been playing Days Gone. How exciting! We uh, got our code pretty late, got it on launch, and I've been playing that for uh, review. I'm. I was pretty keen for it. Um, I'm mixed at the moment. I'm more on the positive side of mixed, but I'm still mixed. There's a a few things it does that frustrate me. Uh, and I think Kieran, you've started playing it, and you noticed Mm. one of them last night. That's the the save system. Yeah. Um. The first. Ah. Yeah. Like the first night I played it, I we uh. There's a in the opening sort of hour you. Have to go and recollect your bike and the save system works basically by either saving at a bike um or at a bed and so yeah for the first part of the game you don't sort of have have a bike so you go to a camp um and i saw sort of, i just paused the game and it had save game like you know in the in the menu and i was like oh, i'm pretty pretty rooted so i might just go to sleep and play some more tomorrow uh Click save game went through all the save game stuff and it saved and reloaded the uh the next day and I was back at the beginning of an earlier mission which was quite frustrating i mean it was only like 20 minutes but it sort of so one of what those... the
1: save system is effectively checkpoints
0: uh no you can save whenever just as long as you're uh, with your black so i guess because you're
3: with I'm your black bike... like as uh carrying your save point with you
0: yeah, so because you're with your bike so often, I guess it sort of makes sense that way, and it's it's not as annoying now because, you know, I've got my bike, so... You've got I'm, your bike, you've yeah. got your save point. It was just that sort of initial thing, and it was more annoying because there was a save game option in in the menu, so... Um... Well, that sounds
1: so frustrating, because, like, <laughs> obviously when you hit that save game button, yeah, that's usually the closure that you've saved your game.
0: Yeah, well, I actually was playing on a just a standard PS4 first because um, I had some people staying, and then I I uploaded it to the cloud to put it onto my Pro, and I actually could see the save that I had where it was at the at the camp, um and I, uh, downloaded it to my PS4 Pro, but still, no,
1: it just went it's back like, to the. It's oh, wait, mission. does it do that? Does it do that PlayStation thing where like when you save the game, it takes a screenshot of where you are?
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Yeah. <sighs> so you can see literally yeah. the point where you save. Correct. But too
1: bad you don't get it. It's like that rather than
2: rather than save your progress, it's just saving the acknowledgement that you saved.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you were up to this point, but you're gonna start at the checkpoint. When you
3: so, would you say it's a save system that would be better off for like a hardcore mode? Yeah, for um, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's as I haven't really noticed it too much now though, um, because like yeah, like I said, I was uh, you know you sort of got your bike, and that's sort of how you move around the world now. Um, but it is yeah. a little bit annoying um, having that sort of menu save game option that doesn't it's it's pointless
1: basically. You'd almost prefer it to be greyed out.
0: Yeah, it's well, it's an. I don't really, I don't actually know what it does. I think you can like. (laughs) Because it doesn't seem to save your game. I think you can. (laughs) You can hard save at a bike if if whatever that means. So you can. So when you're in the in the game world, and this is quite neat, there's a little quick save uh, button. So you push triangle, and it'll quick save. Yeah, it's this new Um, thing called quick save. It's really any time. Yeah, so I don't actually know what the difference between going into the menu, saving the game, is, and quick saving because well the other one does nothing. obviously for yeah well that's the difference <laughs> that's <so> to... <laughs> one save. Well, sounds doesn't.
3: but the other one basically just saves your inventory <laughs>
0: maybe you get to <laughs> unlock it when you finish the game um <laughs> so what a new game plus now with actual save mode yeah uh but yeah like apart from that it's eh, it's i would describe it as a sony made ubisoft game without sort of the mm. quality of life stuff that that's actually
1: amazingly descriptive Um, (laughs) put it that way because it's like because
0: it's you know it's open world it's pretty checklisty but there's little things that that Ubisoft has sort of perfected um, that you don't quite notice until you go back and play something that's still got those sort of yeah so things like the animations for um, if you're looting an animal Mm. every single time you loot an animal you'll get an animation of him carving, like carving the, uh, you know, the meat out of the wolf. Mm. And it's just like, it could probably goes for, I don't know, we'll say three to five seconds. But once you do that, like, you know, 50 times, you're sort of sick of seeing that same animation. Whereas if you're playing like you're in Odyssey or whatever, you just push the button and it collects all the loot that's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the same with killing a, a, a human or a, or a freaker as they're called, um, as well. You know, you get, like, a little animation instead of just picking up all the loot kind of thing. And it's, yeah, it's, like, little <laughs> things like that that make you, I guess, a- appreciate those Ubisoft traits a bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure so how far you... One of those use...
1: things that they've perfected after so many games of doing it, they've realized that, you know, this is yeah. purely aesthetic and no one's going to miss it when it's gone. And it's true. Pretty much. Don't. Like,
0: no one wants to spend, you know... Two hours of gameplay time over like a hundred hours looking at mm. uh, anim- at the same animation. I'm not sure if you've played. You wouldn't have played that far, Karen. I don't
2: think. Um, um not probably not far enough to be like looting like animals and stuff. But mm. it's funny you say that because like obviously they put all all that work into those animations. But then anytime you go to pick up just a general item from anywhere, Deacon's <laughs> arm just like flails out of yeah. whatever side of his body that it's in and just like grabs <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it. <laughs> there are, yeah,
0: there there are some uh, some funny funny bugs there was one where um <laughs> a survivor so when the, so when you're driving throughout the world uh you'll come across like survivors um and there was a survivor in a car right and he was like trapped in a car and there were some freakers like outside the car um you know i killed all those guys but there was a freaker and an enemy human uh, like glitching out inside the back of the car so i couldn't actually so the guy got out of the car but I couldn't activate the, you know, like the thank you or whatever they do, uh, you know, the little icon uh, when you finish the little Survivor thing um, because these two guys were like glitching out like inside the back of the, the car. It was actually quite... What, quite... like clipping into it? Uh, yeah, they were sort of... It's, it's Imagine like... A big ball of matter, like you know, going like it was furious. It was a like, it was a furious
1: glitch, <laughs> the of creation of a just, black hole. <laughs> yeah, my it was, my favorite glitch is a furious glitches. I should have I,
0: I, I should have recorded it. I'm actually not too sure why I didn't, but yeah, it I'm was pretty like, sure that's the
1: only reason that video captures yeah. become big on consoles is just so you can go, wow, that's yeah. really messed up. What's going on now? And push a um, button and share. So sure what anybody's. you're saying
3: is we should we should uh, attribute video capture on consoles to Bethesda. Yes, pretty <laughs> much.
0: Um, so I just basically. Molotov the car and, and they <laughs> so an appropriate response I've saved response you I'm done with you problem. and what yeah. happened was they magically uh, like teleported out on, onto the top of the car <laughs>
1: like, and they didn't get harmed by, by the fire obviously that's their fire defence system is just to teleport as is the nature of humans in Days Gone apparently
0: and the other guy so the survivor just stood
1: there standing Like it didn't. Did 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 you do like like the thank you for rescuing us thing, or did it? Were they not too happy after you set them on fire? Uh,
0: Well, the freaker did his his usual little, you know, screams and stuff. But um, (laughs) I then I ended up just shooting him with a shotgun. Um, (laughs) Another thing which you are kind but fair. I don't quite. I can see it, but I don't quite like it. Is um, so when you pick up weapons. So okay, sorry. When you go back to your camp or a camp you have a locker so you have like you can get weapons and stuff but you can only get weapons that you buy into your locker so if you find a weapon out of the road for example that you want to put back that you want to keep um you can't put it into your locker oh really yeah, No, which d- oh, d- really like, oh, this
2: is someone else's i can't have this yeah so you can yeah. pick
0: it up and use it but you c- so there's a sawn off shotgun that i quite like using but often like I'll run out of bullets, and I'll go. Oh, I don't want to pick up this other gun because it'll be lo- like I because would- I want to keep the shotgun. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but that- like I get the purpose
1: behind that kind of functionality in a game, but it's like it's similar in like Grand Theft Auto Online that you can't just keep any car that you steal, even though you are quite literally playing a criminal. Yeah. In post-apocalyptic Days Gone world, you know I can't keep this gun I found on the ground.
0: Yeah. Uh, the reason why that's a little bit annoying is because it's quite hard to purchase guns so you have to when you kill freakers right you get their ears um and you can uh have it, so you can collect uh, like plants and and the meat that you get from when you loot the animals you t- you go back to one of the camps and you basically trade them in for camp credits um and each camp has its sort of its own sort of perks i guess so the first camp uh you can upgrade uh, its perks are more bike related so you can upgrade your bike And the second camp is more guns, so they have, like, uh, more guns available. But you have to have a certain trust level to buy the guns. So, basically, it's almost like you have to farm like a shitload of freakers to get enough credits to spend at that camp. So, currently, I can't buy any decent gun because I don't have a high enough trust level at one of the camps, Um, which is then why it's annoying that I I can't deposit guns into the locker. And the... The reason why it's annoying is because the camp credits are separate so the credits you get at one camp you can't spend it a different camp so <laughs> what is, each
1: camp is their own economy
0: yeah That's... so which is cool in itself but the way the game sort of it's yeah because it's sort of a game it sort of makes it a bit annoying because yeah, so like you it... can yeah here
2: you go i was just gonna say so that so that means like if if i harvest like a thousand freakers and I catch them in at one camp and then I go to the next camp and I've got something I want I'm, I'm stuck I have to go get like another correct Ugh.
0: yeah See, Yeah. So that's-
1: mechanics like that in games are a little bit too video gamey for me like it just yeah. becomes a bit yeah. like I understand that every game is a game you can't get too invested or you can't sort of like immerse yourself to the point where everything else isn't real anymore but there's just some things that sort of smack you in the face and go yeah by the way this is a video game and you're like Ugh.
2: can I buy camp credits on the playstation store uh, actually, no, you can't. That's a good, a good question. I didn't. Is it
1: the called camp credits? I did. uh mm, I actually I think they what are. they're
0: called. Yeah, not yeah, because the lady goes, I'll, "I'll update your credits." Um, but yeah, so that's it's kind of annoying because you can go out, you know, and and every time you deposit, um, bounties, you know, the ears and stuff, or you give them herbs or whatever, your trust level goes up. Like it's only minimal. I think every year you give them like three, cred, uh, three trust rating or whatever. Um. So, yeah, now I've sort of... Out of like 5,000, this... right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's 12,000 for the first trust level, Ugh. I think. I might be... Make... Uh, that number might be wrong, but I believe it's... Because I'm up to like nine something at the moment. Because um, I gave this guy with the bike like a whole bunch of credits, uh, you know, ears and stuff, because I didn't really realize at the time. And then I went back to the other camp being like, oh, you know, I've got... Because I've got like 10,000 thing, but I can't... I can only sort of spend it at like one spot. Um, and,
1: like, do, does each camp have their own unique inventory to buy from?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so, like I said, one camp will specialize in um, a different thing. So, they're yeah, like the first camp that you deal with, they specialize in the the black upgrades. And the second one, uh, so you can okay. put like NOS and stuff, or like Nitro and stuff, and get. like <laughs> you serious? You can drop NOS tanks on your bike? Yeah, <laughs> and you can get. Um, Amazing. You can, like,. Skins and stuff like that for your for your bike, and the second one, yeah, the the second camp that I'm dealing with, you can buy guns. Um, but yeah, anyway, so to sort of wrap it up, it's 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 good. Like it's not a bad game, but it's not. It didn't really. I thought it would be better than what it is.
1: Um, I think it's kind of interesting that we're starting to reach a point nowadays where there's there's so many games of so many different genres, and a lot of things are sort of getting nailed nowadays. That it means that it is very easy to get judged by your peers.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean, I wa-
1: just the way that you said that it's an Ubisoft game done by Sony just s- says so much to me in such a short sentence.
0: Well, yeah, so it's got all the open-world Ubisoft stuff, but it's got the story of a Sony game, kind of. It's The story's not grabbing me at the moment um, with the way it's sort of told. So it's all sort of told a bit through, uh, like a little bit through flashbacks at the start. So mm-hmm. I, I assume you know what the premise for, for the game is. So you basically start well, the game and you have to... Uh, there's like everything's sort of going down or it appears to be going down like the apocalypse or the outbreak Uh, and you your wife um, gets on a helicopter to go to safety and then you stay with your injured mate Boozer top bloke Um, and that's basically and then the game skips forward I think two years I think Um, and yeah so now I guess you're trying to find out what happened to
2: your wife kind of thing hmm
3: Um,
2: it's like yeah it's like if Ubisoft got given Sony money to make a game, but it didn't make them any better at making games. It just made it prettier. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, all wow. oh, it is, yeah. It, it is a very, very pretty game, though. Oh, I
1: mean, mm, no, it's, it's always impressed me visually when I've seen The it. weather it's effects sort of well, I mean, oh, Though, that, yeah, yeah, I've seen the rain. My God. That's the
3: nature of Unreal Engine 4, because that engine is so good for making games on. Oh,
1: it's UE4, is it? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. because
0: I thought, I don't, I don't know why I thought, I thought it was, um, what's the Gorilla one?
1: Oh, uh, the, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Just look it up uh, um, God of War was Unreal too, wasn't it?
3: Mm, was it? No, I don't think so.
1: Not it wasn't Unreal Four. I feel like that so. was like a proprietary engine. Yeah, yeah I think God of War
2: kind
0: of was proprietary.
3: Head, is Gorilla's engine. Mm,
0: that's one, and I think I was confusing it with Death Stranding because they went with that, the Gorilla engine Yeah, engine too, yeah. yeah, that's I think that's where I got confused. Anyway, yeah, so that's it's. Okay, I'm not digging it too much, but I'm still in- interested to see where the story goes. Um, but Ash, you've been playing Mortal Kombat 11, as you said, 150 million hours. Uh, how too many hours. Your, your review wasn't overly glowing of the... Uh, I guess the stuff that comes with the gameplay, like all the... Oh, the baggage. So it's the only real way to
1: describe it, yeah. That. Well, the thing is, it was really... <sighs> It's one of those things like it sucks when you're playing something and you're enjoying it but you can see all the things that you know are not good like That's
3: me with Monster you Hunter. You can sort of
1: The best way I could I described it to a friend of mine it was like imagine you sit down to sort of eat your dinner and it's your good old steak and potatoes but then there's like you know just a heaping of like disgusting green beans and you've got to eat like 500 like green beans before you can get to the steak. It's that kind of stuff where it's like why would you do this? The yeah. chef is a moron. <laughs> so I mean the long and short of it is that Mortal Kombat X... uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Best looking Mortal Kombat in years. Sounds incredible. Just animates beautifully. But it just... It had a whole bunch of, like, gameplay prolonging mechanics put in the game. But they weren't the kind of gameplay prolonging mechanic where you want to keep playing. It Mm. was the kind where they shackle you to the game and say, yeah, if you want to do this cool thing, it's going to take you literally days. Not hours. It's just padding.
3: It
1: It was just horrible. But... The thing is, I've seen how it all played out. And the interesting thing is, right, obviously the game came out, it it actually got some pretty middling scores because of this stuff. Everyone's saying it takes too long to unlock things, it takes too long to earn the currencies to do things, and the difficulty for some of the stuff is just ridiculously hard, to the point where it's like there's no point doing it. But the thing is, it took them about six days to fix it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the the absurd thing, is that within six days, they had hotfixed the difficulty of the Towers of Time, which are basically the challenge modes within the game, so they were no longer obscene. They changed the resource generation, so now your currencies get gained a lot quicker. And they also gave everybody a big stimulus of, you know, here, have have half a million coins, have a bunch of hearts, and then just go unlock the stuff you wish you could have done when the game first came out.
0: Do you think that maybe they pushed these grindy, heavy uh, mechanics... But they knew that they all had a feeling that they would get, I guess, thrashed by uh, everyone. Mm. So they were sort of had a hot fix
2: ready to go, almost had yeah, like a, a panic button prepared. Just
0: yeah. yeah, it does
1: feel a little bit like that. And obviously, the big backlash from everyone online is that it's it feels a little too convenient. Yeah, that they were so quick to say, "Oh yeah, no, absolutely, it's bad. We'll fix it." Yeah, because the thing is. It, it, it feels either, it's, it's for, in my mind, it's one of two things. Either one, it was a bit of a marketing strategy to immediately try and sort of leverage some user goodwill by just, you know, hey, look how good we are at fixing this. You know, you, you appreciate us. The problem is they still need to wear the bad scores. Hmm. On the other hand, just from me sort of poking around in the game before these changes got made, they seem so absurd. It's almost like they didn't really test it well enough to understand exactly what it takes. Like, if every QA tester or developer at NetherRealm Studios is sitting like, a massive pile of currency to, like, test unlocking things, did anyone actually sit down and go, if I want this skin from this mode of the game, how long does it take to get?
0: Because the numbers were obscene. So in the previous one, in X, was it similar, or is it, like, did they have this sort of, were they... Uh, sort of beginning to build to this, or was there just nothing like this at all, and they sort of just dumped it all in, in here? Because you know how you can sort of, like with Ubisoft, you know, they've slowly implemented these over the games, and now it's kind of all up in your face and everyone's just, like, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, that's just how it is.
1: The, I suppose the interesting thing is something that I bring up with my friends that I actually do mention in my review. Um, Netherrealm has a really interesting situation where they've got two franchises, They've got Mortal Kombat, and they've got Injustice. And their development cycle is they do a Mortal Kombat game, then they do an Injustice game, then they do a Mortal Kombat game, then they do an Injustice game. And because of this, it means that you see features appear in one game that you know will then appear in the next. So the stuff that takes ages to unlock... So, like, Mortal Kombat 9 came out, and it was a pretty cut-and-shut fighting game. Sort of every character has two skins that you can use immediately. Play the game, you might unlock a third one. Cool, off you go. As you move towards stuff like Injustice 2, characters actually started to have cosmetic gear. So you can put on your special, you know, Batman helmet and all the rest of it and actually dress your dude up. So everyone knew that it was coming. Mortal Kombat X didn't really have much in the way of cosmetics. You just sort of had a handful of skins for everybody and that was it. But Mortal Kombat 11 is sort of where it's all come to pass. Every character has three cosmetic slots. They can also equip a skin. so. The best example, just because everybody knows him, you've got Scorpion. He's a yellow ninja. If you don't know who he is, you've never seen Mortal Kombat before. That's the only way it could work. His gear slots are his mask, his kunai, so the thing that he throws when he says, get over here, and a sword that hangs out of his hip. Everything else is dictated by your skin. So, in Mortal Kombat 11's sort of cosmetic unlock economy, If you want to dress up your scorpion, you may need to have four unique items that you need to gain from playing the game. And that means you could be grinding things for currency, you could be opening chests in the crypt that are completely randomized, or you could be waiting for a particular thing to appear in the store. That's where, I guess, it's not so much, it hasn't hit critical mass, I don't feel like a bubble's burst, it's more that people are now acutely aware of this system and i mean since they fixed it it's not so bad but it was still a case that people had to sort of slog through it in the first place
0: yeah cuz we got our code when did we we got our code on launch day didn't we on did launch that. day yep so and reviews had hit uh, a day or two before
1: that i think yeah uh, sort of in the 48 hours leading up to it and it was it was actually quite funny seeing the reviews because like there was a lot of people sort of going yes it's the best mortal Kombat ever and then there was a lot of other people saying it's the best mortal Kombat ever but it has baggage and i was like hmm
0: how would you rate it in terms stuff. of Mortal Kombat for
1: if, if, uh, gameplay? Uh, gameplay? Yeah. For a game wherein you beat up an opponent and possibly cut their head off or do something gruesome to their body, it's A+. plus. It's a solid 10. It's, it, like, really, really good. And, and, I mean, I don't just mean aesthetically, like, it's good to punch the man's and the blood comes out, but from a <laughs> fighting game perspective, it's it's simplified down to make it better. So... I mean, read into that as you will, but basically, like, the game is easier to play, but it's harder to master.
0: Yeah, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how some of the combos have been um, reduced in difficulty, or, or something like that. So mm. there's, yeah, like, there's a... Uh, is it like a quick button, almost? You know, you push L1 or something,
1: and it does... Uh, you got a couple of things like that. I mean, a lot of characters will have really simplistic moves that... Mortal Kombat, like... The big thing that sort of separates Mortal Kombat from Street Fighter is that Street Fighter is the kind of game where you sort of need to memorize 30 button inputs to do sort of your general combo for a character, whereas Mortal Kombat, at least since Mortal Kombat 9, has been a lot more friendly and sort of going, hey, here's three or four sort of four-hit combos, and you can just link them together however you please. And, I mean, that works for some people. Some people hate it, but, you know, that's sort of Mortal Kombat in a nutshell, is it like, you know, I've been playing a bunch of Kung Lao because the dude is a baller with a razor-sharp hat, and, like, I can double-tap Circle to do a three-hit combo. So, a bit like a bad stand-up comedian that sort of reaches into his bag of jokes and just throws a bad knock-knock out, it's like, if I don't know what to do, I just double-tap Zero and hopefully something good happens. Which, for me, works. I mean, for actual fighting game people, they probably do a lot more, but for me it works. So you gave it a six. I think. I gave it six. six yeah.
0: If you... Yeah. If everything was good at launch, if there was no grindy,
1: what do you reckon it w- w- would have been? I'd probably give it an 8.5 or a 9. I feel like it has to lose a point simply because Ronda Rousey can't voice act. <laughs> like, it's just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, don't get me wrong. If she was in the same room as me, I probably wouldn't be saying that stuff, but just... <laughs> you can't ignore it. You just can't. And... um the other half point is probably just from there's just a couple of game modes that just aren't very user-friendly it's like i'm not a hardcore player and i can't even pretend to get good like i'm good enough but that stuff is still like impossible to beat even with the balances but they've got systems around it that just don't work for me
0: and the the story's pretty good i heard uh, <laughs> was it you that said it was uh, a mix of what of the movies or did i i might have read
1: that somewhere else it's um, <laughs> it's what what did I say? I said in my review, it's a it's a time travel based pulpy nineties action flick. <laughs> like there's secret robot bases getting exploded, and there's like dark cathedrals of demons getting blown up by you know C four charges and like time out. travel shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, it's it it is like <laughs> it's it's actually fantastic. But the the thing is like. I feel like they've joined. They've jumped the shark. Like, how on earth do you top this?
0: You make a movie out of it.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, I, I, want a movie of this. Mortal way, Kombat just, Endgame. Just because it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first we need to set up the Mortal Kombat Cinematic Universe, guys. That's that's where we start. <laughs> the MKM. That's where we go the from MKCU. Well, when you think about the DC Universe, you know they're doing the Injustice games. Why don't we just make the next film instead of Batman versus Superman? You can have like DC versus Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Not the game, the movie. I'd be down for that.
0: Yeah, I'd watch yeah, that. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be okay with it. Actually, but, um, yeah. I actually don't mind the uh the first, well, the second movie is a bit, a bit average, but the first one's pretty good. Well, for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Do you watch it on
2: VH Yeah, I was actually, S- actually looking it up disc. the other
1: day. Yeah, it's actually quite. I, I rewatched the second one just this weekend gone, mostly because I'd forgotten how bad it was. Mate, that opening scene with Johnny Cage is <laughs> yeah. shite. That is one I of the worst scenes.
0: Like- Do you remember this guy that you liked from the last film? Well, he's dead now, so moving on. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, (laughs) But while we're talking about uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, Netherrealm have been in a bit of trouble in the uh, Mm. Twitterverse and in the media of late. Uh, It's come out that their work uh, standards or practices are quite crunchy and, well, not good, and there's sort of a bad... uh, culture at the top of the uh, of the chain. Yeah, um, there's
1: been uh, accusations made by the contract workers that they were, A, uh, put in tiny windowless rooms and worked to the bone. Uh, B, they were, like, were taking advantage off. Yeah, I know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much... That's how this podcast is being done, it's from a windowless room in uh, Zach's basement. But uh, um, Apparently there was disparaging remarks from everybody. Uh, apparently being a contractor in NetherRealm Studios is being the most bottom that you can possibly be.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's not even just Netherlands, There's been a whole, uh, a whole slew of all these uh, unfair work conditions coming out. Especially, you got uh, you have BioWare recently with that expose about Anthem's development, which pretty much perfectly. Are you talking
1: about that massive novel someone wrote about the Anthem development? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jason, 11, Jason it 11, words. Yeah, Jason. that was riveting. I actually took that to the toilet at work to read it, and I'm pretty sure I was gone for like 35 minutes. <laughs> It's so people might have assumed I was dead, but it was that riveting. It's so
3: interesting how such incompetence can do, uh, can you know be the head of a developer.
0: Yeah, and I think because do do you listen to the Kotaku podcast? No. Split screen. So on that when 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 that came out, they uh, did like um, you know they had a bit of a chat about it, and he might have even said, uh, put this on Twitter, but he said that a bunch of different uh, developers basically messaged him and said basically insert my studio's name with you know in the you know instead of bioware and, and that's how it's run yeah. apparently people from uh, naughty dog um did it um I can't, I can't remember who else he said now but yeah actually he might not have said anybody else but yeah i believe naughty dog were were mentioned um so it's quite. So it's,
3: it's it. It wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, a lot of the AAA studios. You even have just today, Riot Games, the developers for I think it's League of Legends. Uh, they had a massive yes. walkout yeah. because yeah. they've been in a lot yeah. of turmoil about uh, their work conditions regarding sexism towards their female workers. And they've been, mm-hmm. they've been pushing towards that's a whole been change. for such a long time. That's, yeah, that's in the community
2: yeah. as well as a developer. Like, that's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. It,
3: it's this whole thing. And they've been pushing for a change in the culture for so long. And basically, the, what, what I can garner is uh, management was basically just, like, get over it. And so pretty much all of mm. the studio just did a walkout and protested outside the building today.
1: Well, did you hear about the, the, their proposed idea of the arbitration for new employees?
3: And I have re- problem, read it very briefly.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that
3: was
0: like um, who was the person that came out? Oh, something happened sort of last year, and that happened. As you know, that's actually something completely different. That's that's to do with to do with the
2: AFL. Cancel that. Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But speaking okay. of AFL live, no. go,
2: going back to uh, going it, back to Netherrealm though, yeah. Do you think do you think the the whole or like them kind of being shocked that people went into the grinding economy of the game. Do you think that was just
1: them being like, "Well, we like doing it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if It's okay for us. Surely it's okay for our players. <laughs> mm. We just we just kind of call it Mortal Kombat Crunch. That's the game mode. I think. See, the interesting thing is, I've actually I tracked a little bit of the Mortal Kombat stuff, if only just because I was I was immersed in that sort of realm of the new sphere. And um, the interesting thing about the Nether Realm stuff is that obviously. A handful of contractors came out and said that, but then there also was a handful of contractors that came out and said that's not the case at all. So that's... that's I mean, that could be on a contract-by-contract like contract basis if they're not... Oh, like yeah, absolutely. Not and I, I feel employees. that that's the case. Like, for me, the biggest thing that, that got me about it, it wasn't my reaction of, you know, oh no, that's terrible, because it is terrible. But it was my reaction of, oh look, another one. Mm. yeah and, and that's that's the horrible thing about the gaming industry is that you're starting to reach this point where it's a little bit how like you know a couple of years ago it started to come out that most of people in hollywood are horrible people yeah it's like that but for video games now where you just hear like oh yeah of course there's scumbags i mean i was waiting for it to well, come out now i know so I, at least it's good that i, I mean I know it's now.
3: always happening I, I can even date as far back to so as like the first red dead redemption where the uh the mm. wives of the red dead developers were just like basically having a go at Rockstar for overworking their husbands. And just... We're never going to see a husband. It's yeah. weird because back yeah. then
2: as well, Like back then you hear, heard stuff like that. I don't know if everyone else did, but you heard stuff like that and like read, read stuff about it in like Hyper Magazine and stuff. You're like, damn, those guys are like, yep. These guys are legends. They like put in so much yeah. work yeah. to make this game. And like, you grow up from, and you're like, oh no, that that's actually base, not good.
1: Yeah, from that base point of view, you think, man, what a dedicated group of awesome people to get it done. But now you're realizing just when you get down to it, it's abuse. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think
0: the the best example, um, and this is what uh, sort of what Kieran was saying, how you, how you like, oh, you know, they're superheroes for doing it is uh, the, the Metro guys, 4A, when they were doing Last Line. And you heard about yeah. how they had like no heaters. They were sitting on like folding school desks cares. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I, I would wow.
3: say the best example is the director for Super Smash Bros, where he went on an IV drip for a while just to continue <laughs> working on his game. Like, what? That's not good. What? You should not be doing that. Dude,
0: <laughs> but at least stop
1: making games like
0: that. I mean, not if not as an excuse, but at least he's the sort of the director, you know, and not like yeah, this yeah. He's true. not an underling being. Yeah, abused. you know, he, you know, the director's not going home and making enforcing one of the, you know, one of the grunts to. You know shoulder shoulder all the burden um mm-hmm. but that record uh what we were saying just before sort of reminded me of when red dead uh two when they were sort of when that whole thing came out about rockstar and yeah and red dead two the hundred
3: um, hour work weeks
0: yeah but then they <laughs> were allowed to talk about it but then after that sort of most things that come out were sort of all positive it was like oh you know nah it's it's all pretty good here you know it's not too bad or it was only the writers, or whatever else? Yeah, they well,
3: said. that that sounds a lot like what was the issue with uh with City Project Red, because all those, uh, all that news about how pretty much the entire development for The Witcher Three was basically all crunch, and you know you had these developers that were speaking out against this, uh, through I think it was like Glassdoor reviews or something, and then you had oh, other yeah. people going. They're interesting oh, no. to read. That and you mm. have other people so going, so oh no, it's it's not like that at all. And then the really the thing that really kind of cemented the idea that that's what they were doing was the fact that uh, CD Projekt Red came out and responded, basically saying, this is the way the industry works. If you can't get with it, get out. Instead of going, wow. oh, you know, we take yeah. more responsibility for this. We're going to fix this. Or you know, these allegations are just that. Allegations they're not true. Mm. Um, then you could have gone, oh, okay, maybe. But the fact that they had such uh. Uh, such a bizarre and stupid response to these allegations are kind of what cement the idea that this isn't just a City Project Red thing, even though at the time it was focusing on them. But, you know, they kind of just highlighted that the whole industry does it, which isn't a thing that should be normalised. Yeah. City
0: Project Red, though, are sort of prone to social blunders. Oh, yeah. it <laughs> seems. Yeah, <it's> <laughs> yeah. So, um, You know, sure, their game, well, their one game that I've sort of played, well, I've played The Witcher 2 and I thought that was at Avo, but um, you know, Witcher 3 was pretty good <laughs> and I just Witcher 2 it's no trolling. be glad
3: you didn't play the Witcher 1
0: <laughs> it just didn't yeah, just didn't sure like you know just didn't do it for me
1: um, so lads tell me this obviously by today's standard the video games industry is more lucrative than the entire like film industry it's absolutely absurd do you think that obviously looking back to like older times of like yeah people putting in some extra hours to getting the product out was fine do you feel that the explosive growth of the game industry based off the money making potential is what's basically amplified what once upon a time might have been a little bit of extra overtime into this horrible atmosphere yeah. of yeah. people working in it yeah
2: yeah i think that like not just in terms of like employee conditions but in every aspect like you know the exploitative like loot box systems and stuff it's all just because of that that bubble mm. and like right. especially Absolutely. especially like A lot of companies uh activision is a good example are hiring these like you know like shotgun ceos that come in and just like and make as much money in as short time as possible and then leave it to burn yeah that's
1: the absurd thing like i was talking to a friend of mine the other day and the thing that gets me is that once upon a time people in the game industry, these big companies, these big developers, these big publishers, the kind of people they'd be hiring is talented people with vision, uh, that have artistic skills, that have like modeling skills, that have uh, programming skills. They like games as well. But nowadays, (laughs) there's people that are hired, literally they're hiring economists for their game. And I'm like, wow, that's... that's a
0: big, big, long way from the nineties. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, a, a annoying thing with that, just to, this is only a quick point, Jordan. But um, is that even though you know we all, you know, you hear everybody sort of complain about it, but they're still making record profits all the time. So people are still yeah. buying the market transactions. You know, so as much as people go, oh, this is this is shit. You know, don't support this. It's still getting bigger and bigger. So guys like, is it Bobby Kotick? Bobby Kotick. Yeah. 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 Like, you know. <laughs> As bad as their practices are, you know he's doing a great job for in terms of what Activision would think because
1: their profits. Yeah. are... I mean I think their profits. Numbers, oh, yeah. down Numbers actually, on so. a page yeah. is all he needs to see, and it's good. There's a red line trailing up on his end. That's all he yeah. needs. Well,
3: it, but, yeah. Well, it's kind of a double-edged sword because in one way he's doing a great job for the shareholders, but in another sense he's doing a terrible job at Activision because he's pocketing so much that earlier this year they had to fire 800 people. And yeah, while while that's they weren't key development staffs themselves, they were very much a vital part of the whole gaming experience because a lot of them had to do with like customer and tech support. And when you have games that you manage, because Activision emerged with Blizzard for, and it's been that way for a while, when you have when you have games to manage like Destiny and WoW and all those online service games, you're gonna need a competent uh, tech support, a customer support team. To make the experience One worth coming back to And the fact mm-hmm. that they kind of just Throw that away Shows that their vision as CEOs Is very short-sighted
2: That's like th- The thing with Bobby Kotick is he's not permanent He'll be there for as long as he's like Trending up and then as soon as it crashes He's gone, he's got his bonuses, he's out of there Like To him it well, doesn't matter
0: He was, I think he was part of the people Who bought Act- or took over Activision initially, I think because I was surprised I'm at this. Pretty I sure I read that someone... as well. I'm yeah, pretty sure he... he's
1: the guy that pretty much started burning it down from the inside.
0: Yeah, so I think he is. Uh, yeah, like he's the main guy. So I don't know if who's going to fire him. Really, I mean, he's one of the dark-robed yeah.
1: figures that sits in a shadowy room <laughs> making these terrible decisions.
0: Probably yeah. Not. So, so what do you, what's you know what's the so I mean... solution? Uh, yeah, if the
1: gaming industry is this bad for players and for people working for the companies, how do you change it? I mean, for at it... least for employees, there's the idea of unions. Yeah,
3: and it seems like unions are starting to come around now, especially after the whole Red Dead Redemption 2 thing. Uh, the, then actual organizations started sprouting and a lot of uh, developers within the industry have been you know, backing it. So it's, it really is, it comes down to the idea that especially in the gaming industry where the AAA, devel- uh, the AAA publishers have reinforced this idea that these people working in these uh, development studios are so privileged and so lucky to be a part of these projects and these teams that they don't really need a union because, you know, they should just count themselves as lucky. When in reality... Like
1: those companies that don't have HR because everyone's happy. Yeah, exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. It's... It, it's kind of like they, they've given, they reinforce that mindset, which is why uh, unions in the industry are so hard to establish because the rest of the industry, they look at it and go, no, we don't need that. We're, we're lucky to be here. Why would yep. we need that? When it's, it's kind of just turning a blind eye to the real issue.
0: Just a question, and I, I, I actually have no idea what the answer is Is the games industry harder to unionize because there's so
1: many contractors? It's definitely a factor of it. The biggest issue as well is that the games industry... I mean, this is going to sound weird because obviously it's 2019 and we're dealing with the biggest amount of money we've ever seen, but the games industry is still very wild, wild west. I worked in the finance sector within Australia, and that was so regulated because it had been around for so long. Everybody who had something to say about it had put their two cents in. People had come down on it. And even now in Australia, just in the last couple of years, obviously we saw a Royal Commission go into it. But the problem is, if you imagine from that same perspective, if somebody was gonna go into like a royal commission on the games industry, who are the people that are investigating it? Who are these people that could be considered the superiors to actually look into it and say that's wrong? The problem is that a lot of people like who should be making these decisions, like what is considered like good working hours for a person, you know, in a contractor sense, you know, what is a QA tester's real like job besides being driven slowly insane? We don't really have yeah. that senior group of people to do it. There's so many variables. You sort of have these they... rock stars that have, yeah, sort of come into the industry, done their thing, and then left again. But nobody's really said, "Hey, when I start making games, I'm just going to start looking over the other people making games and making sure they're okay."
3: Well, and that—that's kind of why I appreciate um, Respawn so much. Yes. Is, uh, they just—they've reinforced this positive working environment so well that, you know, just last week or something, there was reports about how. Respawn have like some of the best working conditions around, which is awesome to see amidst you know uh, an environment where it's all just talking about how the industry is full of shitty uh, working this conditions.
1: Actually, leads into my next point, which is I think based off the kind of feedback that we're getting now about these terrible working conditions, we are going to see more cases of goodwill companies, companies that they're going to lead with, Hey, we're not going to crunch you to death. and you know, hey, we're going to allow you to set up a union, things like that. It's obviously when there's push in one direction, they'll be pushed back. And Respawn acknowledging it is such a huge step.
3: Oh, for sure. And Respawn are a very special case because they're under probably what is one of the most hated publishers in the world, EA. And, you know, because of EA's blunder with Titanfall 2, Respawn have basically just told EA and Andrew Wilson to fuck off and let them do their thing.
0: Well,
1: (laughs) actually... Exact (laughs) quote
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of a few things i've heard is it was actually respawn's call to release titanfall 2 when they did uh, just the, in the same way it was uh respawn's call to release apex when they were about to do what was the other game ea were doing oh Jedi. Uh, what's the one that just came Jedi out fallen order no the one they anthem. apex legends anthem so oh, anthem, anthem was yeah. coming out um ah. uh, what's it march 22nd i think well, like, February twenty second, or whatever. February twenty second, yeah. Apex came out like two weeks before, or something. Yeah, like um, yeah, like I was chatting to uh, no, I can't remember some, somebody, and, yeah, and we were confused at why EA would launch, uh, you know, this battle, this free battle royale game that obviously was gonna, you know, get a bit of hype, and then release Anthem, like it's probably its biggest game of the year, you know, within a two week period. But yeah, apparently it was Respawn's call to um, to do that.
3: Uh, I, I would say it might have been Respawn's call in the sense that they were given dates to choose from and they chose that one. Like, they were given, like, oh, you know, you release it at this time or this time or this time. These are the choices that you have. And they go, okay, we'll choose this time because that's the only time that may feel appropriate for our game. Whereas hmm. instead of letting them go, oh, you know, we'll wait, we'll wait for the whole FPS market to kind of be... Uh, to die down a little bit after, you know, the Battlefield and COD installment for that year, you want to do to do it around the end of November. You know, that would have been a smarter choice, but, yeah, um, g- given the way that a lot of publishers work, it wouldn't surprise me if they had targets to meet, and so uh, Respawn's release schedule and timing for Titanfall 2 had to work around that.
0: Yeah, well, that's what they said about the um, in the Anthem, in that big, long yeah. Anthem novel, was that they basically able like okay well you have to have it released by here, um, no more delays, no more wasting money. Um, it's got it's, you know it's it's a uh, it's got to come out. We might just move on, um, but so, same sort of I guess topic, but another big company, more probably a name in itself, um, has been in, in a under a bit of heat this week with
2: uh, Randy Pitchford. Old mate Randy,
3: um, oh, someone someone needs to take the internet away from him. <laughs>
2: Do you he, know,
1: he's like the Trump of uh, the, like, the gaming world Just like tweeting well, out just bullshit oh my I literally goodness. said to somebody the other day You know how Facebook has introduced that option now That if you send a message to the chat You have like 30 seconds yeah. where you can remove it <laughs> They need that for Twitter But the way that it works is that you write your tweet You hit send And then it just stays on the screen for like 30 seconds Saying are you sure you want to say this <laughs> Are you sure And then they need to enforce it on Donald Trump Ha! politics <laughs> way, Who's, Randy um, Pitchford has said some ridiculous things recently it's not even yeah. recently
3: though if you look at Randy Pitchford's behaviour yeah. oh, yeah, it's a consistent sorry when thing. I say Randy Pitchford said some ridiculous I mean, things recently I don't ones. mean that that's, it's, it's a new yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said new stuff compared to what he said in the past I like his old stuff but his new stuff's
2: pretty good <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean but yeah, um, ha- tell have me. you ever read his whole uh, Battleborn marketing tweet yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. the most confusing thing in the world <laughs>
0: Do you remember when, um, actually, I I think it was old mate Jason Schreier, again, he wrote about, or he broke or whatever, that Battleborn would be going free. uh, You know, uh, free to play, sorry. Oh, yes. yes. Randy Pitchford's like, Battleborn, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen those rubbish articles, whatever, but Battleborn is not going free to play. It will
1: never, ever be free.
3: He he does it all the time as well. Um, I think it was Kotaku, again, that reported on... Uh, Borderlands 2 being announced because that was originally going to be announced via the Game Informer magazine. Yeah. And Mm. Kotaku Polygon or something got word of it and as any good journalist does, you report on it. He called them shoddy journalists and going, oh, you know, these rumours are absolutely not true. And then the week after it gets announced.
1: Mm. Like, (laughs) it's one thing to say it's not true, it's another thing to try and deflect, but... I mean, for the people listening at home, what we're talking about is obviously, there's been a bit of uh, hot water on uh, Gearbox's part regarding the Borderlands 3 voice actors in the game. Most notably, this is the funny thing, is that it's not one person, it's two people. Troy Baker uh, obviously came forward to mention how the character Reese, who was beloved in the Telltale uh, Borderlands games, appears in Borderlands 3. However, it's revealed that, uh Troy Baker, very talented voice actor, doesn't voice Reese in the game. So obviously tweets went out and people said, Hey Troy, why didn't you why didn't you voice Reese? You know, you did such a great job to which he replied with I would have loved to do it, but I was never invited by Gearbox To which what Randy tweeted and said, Yeah you were
3: <laughs> Well, it's not even the whole voice acting thing. Did you read up on how he had a go at uh at Game Informer for their report on the microtransactions. All right, so, yeah. so
2: I'll, oh, I'll yes. take point on this because I was there at the event. Excellent. Um, I was
0: there courtesy of and, courtesy of, of Presta, Presta, mate, and the sexy boy the now <laughs>
2: married Shannon Grixty. Congratulations.
1: Shannon Grixty, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there
2: we go. But yeah, so I think I think they actually recorded the, the live stream twice because there was a second day to it with a bunch of other streamers and stuff. But the first, like, we were there the first day. And, like, Randy literally on stage obviously said the words, like, there's not going to be any microtransactions or, like, free-to-play junk. I'm pretty sure it was verbatim, there are no microtransactions Literally, there are no microtransactions 3. or free-to-play junk in Borderlands 3. and everyone, yeah, that's free-to-play like, junk. He listed it like a feature. Yeah, everyone was, like, ecstatic in the crowd and, like, you know, journalists, myself included, were, like, firing off, like, stories ready for embargo to be, like, hey, there's no microtransactions. This is awesome. And then, like, before the news could even come out you know, gearbox reps went back on that. And were like, Oh uh, no, actually there is like this cosmetic microtransactions. Yeah. And then, so game informer runs there, like obviously we're going to run the original story and then like ran the story saying like, Randy lied Like in, in a lot more words than that <laughs> Obviously a lot more subtly than that But they were like You know well, no, He said it one thing But It it's wasn't not the necessarily
3: case. that Randy lied It was He just, it was saying he, His wording was a bit confusing We're going to yeah, clarify the, for it And this is what he The means. way that he
1: phrased it Was so Ambiguous If he was on stage And he said There's no Microtransactions And like finger quoted <laughs> People would probably get What he was he, People would pick up What he was like. You like to down. call
2: them Small transactions <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no Mini buys in the game All well, I like that actually but yeah like but yeah so like
2: game informer right you were like hey like j- you know this is a thing he kind of said this but it's not quite what he meant and then he just like blew up about it like oh, on like man. an 18 tweet rant
3: oh it not, was even, not even not even addressing
2: <laughs> not even addressing that one thing but trying to like sell his game to them again in this like twitter rant it
3: like, was so amazing so yeah he spent I think it was like 10 tweets or something attacking Game Informer and then he he verged off onto the actual editor of Game Informer himself. And the, the wow. editor was like You know He was being professional He goes I understand where you're coming from But you know This is the way we wrote it We did not intend We did not write it With the intention of calling you a liar But you understand How internet trolls can be I can give them a flower And they'll say it's a dragon Or something like that That was like their analogy <laughs> And And then Randy <laughs> Comes like a, back like, with like Jackson a, analogy a, a, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he comes back with like This 22 tweets 22 tweets uh, Tweets Of uh, Just Just <laughs> an <his> apology <laughs> Got 20, it's, it's so long And he just does this <laughs> massive apology To try and seem like he's the good guy In this situation Oh my god
0: So the other you guy see what I mean? like... the, the other thing... guy that hasn't been
2: Oh no you go if got I was just going to gonna say the thing that gets me about Randy Pitcher It's kind of nothing to do with this But the thing that gets me with him Is he like, He, he gets so like, deeply offended by these things And he goes on these big rants And I just feel like he doesn't know that he runs the company That made Duke Nukem Forever or, okay, no, or, he, he, like run, or, or he runs aliens, colonial <laughs> marines. Like, yeah, no, no. I no, no, think no, no, no. They Borderlands didn't make, is their only good
3: game. They they didn't make fair. aliens, colonial marines. They outsourced it to about yeah. four different companies. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's enough for... Let's talk about video game disasters another day. But yeah, Randy Pitchford is a very, very unique individual in the gaming industry. And I think the, the twit throttle, uh, Twitter throttling uh, technology should be applied to him first.
0: The, him? the other guy who... all the other character, sorry, who's not come back... or the, Sorry, the original voice trap, actor. was Claptrap, not it? Claped yeah, I was... I mean, I, and I've not... You know, I've not ever played more than half an hour of Borderlands, so I can't say I have any sort of, you know, affinity to so for... the leading authority here yeah. for us. But You should know yeah, that his this... voice
2: is very annoying and we're all glad he's gone. Yeah. Oh really?
0: So <laughs> no, the, no. he, I might uh the guy of. David Eddings has gone on a big long Twitter not not a rant, I wouldn't say it's a rant, but he's obviously responding to um Randy or Gearbox's um whatever saying that he was yeah the reasons basically going into reasons why he didn't come back and reprise his his role it's actually quite interesting and there's there's a um there's an interesting tweet here where i'm just trying to find it yeah and it goes personally i think randy's been on tilt for the last few years he's not the victim he's not the victim he betray- he betrays himself to be i even blocked him a couple of years ago for stalking me on social on social media so mate, yeah if if randy follows you on twitter Anyone? Watch out. <laughs> Crap, let
3: me go None to my follow like list. Or Fun- funnily people. enough,
1: I don't actually have Twitter because I'm afraid I'll turn into Randy Pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> it so does yeah, have... like, But the, the, thing with, the thing with this guy,
2: if anyone doesn't know, is basically like he used to work for Gearbox. He was quite high level yeah. High level at Gearbox. And he was doing the Claptrap voice for free because he worked there, obviously. Oh, and, is this and the were...
0: guy, the lawsuit?
2: Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So like he left on terrible terms. Yes, um, but it was like he was saying it. Like Randy was saying, it was common practice for people at Gearbox to do voices, and they didn't have to if they didn't want to. But basically, they could just yep. do it for fun and not get paid for it. And that's what he did for like two or three games. Um, I
0: actually didn't know he was the the lawsuit guy because I know that Randy. Was I mean, probably lawsuit. one of them. The USB, you, you know, the whole uh, the
3: I I, the think, magic I USB? think the lawsuit guy. I was think that a former was former lawyer. Uh, yeah, well, I think that guy
2: was yeah, different, but he like right. this guy. Yeah, uh, he's still left on on bad terms, from what I've heard. It
1: was awful terms. Um, I actually met David a, oh. a couple of years ago at uh, at Comic Con in San Diego because he's a fantastic guy. He's done a lot of really great roles. He was uh, he was in he was the Robert from Invader Zim who had exactly the same voice as Claptrap. But uh, I'm not going to say his derivative, but. Um, <laughs> He did. He actually left Gearbox in 2017 on the worst of terms. In fact, he actually said that Randy Pitchford physically assaulted him at a hotel lobby in at GDC 2017. So, yeah, just to put in perspective, just that's horrible, horrible terms. Yeah. But um, yeah. So a lot of people ask, like, so what's the deal? Why aren't you doing claptrap? And apparently, uh, he said, and this is the exact tweet when people are asking, he says, "No, for the first time, I insisted on getting paid for my performance, and all of a sudden, they couldn't afford me."
3: And
2: which which tells you that either they weren't going to pay him, or they weren't going to pay him enough.
3: Well, yeah. and, and the thing is, those those older Borderlands games they were made in a time when the industry did not give a shit about taking care of the voice actors because it, no. it wasn't God until like no. what, four or five years ago that there was the whole voice actor strike. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and like you know, all these Borderlands games were made before then, so you know, even doing voice acting without being paid was quite normal in the industry. Thank God that changed. But mm-hmm. yeah, and so it really does not surprise me that, that they not that they don't want to pay him for his services, not even because he left on bad turns, but because there might be that whole uh environment but, or that whole mindset still baked within Gearbox and not even within the developers themselves, because a lot of the bad management issues never fall on the actual people that make the game. It falls on no. the people that <laughs> exactly. speak for the game.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of talented people working at Gearbox who sort of get painted with the same brush as Randy Pitchford just because he's the guy with the face. But um, the interesting thing is that, um, obviously, because Randy Pitchford loves a good game if he said, then I said, and then he said, uh, Pitchford actually mentioned that he offered Eddings twice the standard Union voice actor rate to return for Borderlands 3, but claims that David refused. Is this coming from the same person
3: that said he was the biggest Aliens fan? Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> It's it's hard to quote Randy Pitchford because somebody can say something like that immediately afterwards and just crack up. There's a, there's um, a very good quote right in wow. front
0: of me. And this is the one that he uh, responded to Game Informer. And I actually forgot that this was his response. And it just made me, I, kn- I nearly laughed. Uh, thank God I didn't. But uh, his <clears throat> response to Game Informer was, why you guys would fuck me on this is beyond me a
3: lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. He loves playing the victim so hard. And he paints this image in that whole that whole Twitter debate that the entire, like, all the gaming journalists in the world are just out there to attack him.
0: He yeah. reminds me of, um like, a sort of, like, a better studio owner uh, than the guy that made um, uh, Lawbreakers. who's, who's
3: oh, Cliff,
1: was man? this B! Oh. oh, Cliffy B. Yeah, him, yeah. Cliffy the- B. Hey, see... Cliffy B doesn't play the victim, though. No. At least no. he'll say, just yeah, the it was way crap, that he, sorry. Just the way yeah. that he sort of. They both fit that archetype of rock star developers. The problem is, Cliffy B is a bit of a rock star, if only because he, you know, did what he wanted to do and then got out of the industry. Randy Pitchford is a magician. He's <laughs> legit a magician. He does tricks, he's a magician. The problem is, he takes that same sort of motivation and headspace into being this gaming executive. Where he's like, it's all about the bazaars, and if I can't get it, I get angry with the people for not getting it. He's a, he's Do you know a, he reminds me of? If you've seen Arrested Development, I always think of Randy Pitchford as Joe. <laughs> <God. laughs> yes. The illusions, Michael. That is perfect.
0: It's Karen, twice the voice actor you've, rate,
1: Michael. You've,
0: <laughs> you've played Borderlands Three. What did you think? Give us a give us a quick
2: wrap uh, of what give you us Just taste. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, it was Borderlands uh which is <laughs> like i think the
1: most robust feedback i've heard is it's borderlands 2 but uh <laughs> just a bit better
2: yeah pretty much like i mean they were, they, they were upfront about it like they were like you know we we didn't want to i guess stir the pot or like you know go too far and they were just eh, we just did the same thing it's very dangerous like saying
1: it. things like that because it almost sounded like we didn't want to innovate
2: well it's kind of like in in fewer words like It feels a little bit like that. Like, they're playing it very, very, very safe. See, I'd I'd be interested
3: to see all all the changes they might make because, you know, like uh, Days Gone, uh, Borderlands 3 is using Unreal Engine 4, but for the PC version, Mm -hmm. it's being hosted on the Epic Game Store for, is it like nine months or something? Something like that. It's. But the thing that comes with uh, being both a UE4 game and uh, an Epic Game Store exclusive is... Um, it opens up the doors for crossplay because UE4 actually has uh, the backend to support crossplay across all the consoles, as you've seen with Fortnite. Um,
1: yep. But yeah. Epic, it would be very, very Rocket cool. League. Epic only currently uh, support
3: two. it for their platform, which makes sense because they've still got to refine it a bit more. Uh, they have stated that they will eventually bring it out to games that go on Steam and all that. But for now, it's just, you know, it's exclusive to their platform. So it, I'd be really curious to see if uh, Borderlands try to uh, bring crossplay into it. If not, just as an exclusive feature for Epic, because even if you look at um, that Monster Hunter clone game, uh, Dauntless, that it was supposed to come out last month, but I don't know what's happening with that. That's going to be entirely crossplay when it comes out. So, yeah, it'd
2: be it'd be interesting. Like, I mean, it it's it's already got split screen as well. So like having cross play would just make it just like, you know, that like infinitely playable, just like whoever you are, yeah. like on the couch, on a PS4, on a PC, like jump in and play. Um, but like, like that's like one of the things before before they'd revealed any of the gameplay, like there's any number of ways that I was kind of like wondering how, how it would pan out. Like obviously it's one of the, like the earlier looter shooter kind of, you know, role-playing FPS kind of games. And now you've got you know, you've got destiny you've got the division you've got anthem and stuff and like obviously before playing it i was like you know yeah. what is it borrowing anything from those games is it like look you don't want to you know, borrow
3: anything from
1: anthem, you got anthem <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but you know what i mean like i yeah. you know, it yeah. could have gone any number of ways but it was kind of relieving to be there and then they're just like yeah it's just it's borderlands so like yeah. if you like borderlands I mean, you'll love it if you haven't played borderlands you'll love it if you got tired of borderlands that's you know whatever try yeah. it anyway but um
1: sometimes you're happy yeah. with just an iterative sequel it's yeah just, it's it's the same but slightly better yeah. and, and it's, you're like yeah i'm okay and
2: it's like hands down the best version of borderlands like the the new stuff the new additions to like the shooting mechanics and like the character builds and abilities and guns and stuff are all really really like meaningful additions that actually like make the gameplay like a lot better than it was before and it's, it's I have, a beautiful I have managed to well. pick up
1: some uh, I've managed to pick up some very small tidbits of information about the game as i waded through Randy Pitchford drama <laughs> so what I've heard does sound very good and I mean the Borderlands series is one of those games that Borderlands 1 was a solid okay. Yeah. It was definitely an okay game. Borderlands 2 just drastically improved it and pushed things in all the right directions. So if Borderlands 3 can just take Borderlands 2 and just, it doesn't have to have as big a jump as it did from 1 to 2, just just a bit better, a bit bigger, a bit nicer, a bit the, simpler. The question yeah. is,
3: cool. how long Done. do you reckon it'll be until the players of Borderlands 3 replace everything with <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that's like, that
2: makes me laugh. That's good. I think that they've just patched in support for that from day one. So if you, As long as good. you have, like, a, a Thomas the Tank Engine VHS lying around somewhere. Hell yeah. You can just, like, scan that bad boy in. You're all good. Dude,
3: completely going, like, off-topic here, but uh, for a while I've been playing Monster Hunter World on my PC. I've modded the shit out of that, so, like, all my monsters are now Thomas the Tank Engine. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world.
2: <laughs> I've seen your PC, Jordan. You've, you've put it inside, like, a, a Thomas the Tank Engine model set now, haven't you?
3: Ah, uh, man, don't reveal my secrets.
2: <laughs> I think Jordan
0: needs to write a, a top five games that need that need a Thomas the Tank Engine mod. Yeah,
1: top five games improved by Thomas. That's the Tank Yeah, I'll put Resident Evil sure two in the top
3: five.
1: Top five. You can, can you have, actually um, like what if, if you get like Euro Train Simulator? Thomas and I. No,
2: Tom. No troll and Thomas, obviously. <laughs> get rid of true. I. Yes. Yeah, I true. would
3: love to see the troll with just Thomas the Tank Engine as a parrot. <laughs> Oh, I love
0: that game. <laughs> love it. Um Kieran, you've also been playing uh Aussie made game that uh, came out today, Brief Battles. Brief battles. Uh, we covered it for uh Made in Australia. In fact, it was our very first one. It was yeah. our first. Um yeah, and I mean, we've you and I have played it a couple times at PAX, uh, but now Kicked it's fully out and you did actually <laughs> I was pantsed. Um I was real bad. I get it. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um So yeah, your review went live tonight, uh, today. But what did you just give us a brief rundown for Ash and Jordan, who probably didn't read it? He did it again.
1: He used the word brief. Oh yeah, about underwear people. (laughs) That
0: that was actually unintentional.
2: Um,
0: yeah. So just give us a quick rundown.
2: Uh, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's like it's your prototypical kind of like party brawler. So you know, single screen, up to four people, just like bashing the shit out of each other, basically with. Uh, with either power-ups or the almighty butt stomp, which is apparently much more <laughs> effective when you're not wearing pants. It's just, it's just all butt. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, there. it's 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 pretty simple. But it's um like it, d- developed by two guys, and for two guys, like they've they've in- managed to include like a shitload of content. Uh, there's really, like, it's
1: only two people on the team. Well, I think yeah. like the
2: core team is just the two guys. Yeah, like the core designers, and I think yeah, like you if know. you go back and read the MIA like i think it is just two working guys. out of a garage like you know with yeah. their family supporting them and stuff it's pretty cool um but like you know most of those games you know they, they hand you the multiplayer modes uh and you know a few variations of and they're like cool here you go it's a multiplayer game this is what you want but these guys went as far as including like single player content and co-op content and unlockable costumes from like other indie games and stuff which is really cool um so yeah it's like for what it is like, for for where it's come from, it's like a super super robust party game. Um, only thing it doesn't have is online play, which is not a big deal because it's not it's it's a couch game. Yep. Um, but yeah, like it's super fun. I'm I'm really happy with the way it's turned out. I think I gave it an eight. Um, I didn't realize until earlier today, even though Zach had probably already told me many times. But it's only twenty bucks as well, which is really cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, perfect.
2: So the cool thing about this game, um, uh, I'll do a couple things, but.
0: It was at PAX in two, th- what it'd be two, 2019, I think two thousand seventeen. We first mm. saw it. It might have been at PAX before that. I, I'm, I I can't quite remember. Um, but they were running. They actually launched, and this is all in the in in the article. But they were running their Kickstarter at the same time. Um, so it was kickstarted. Um, it was, it only just made it. Like I think in the last hour or last oh, last day. Sorry. Um, I actually ended up backing it. Um. And the cool thing that they've done is they had an issue with so late so when it was first announced for the kickstarter it was only pc and xbox um and then way 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 down down the track late last year or early this year i think it was late last year they revealed it was coming to ps4 on day one uh, and then switched a bit later on in, in uh, 2019 so i actually changed my because i don't really I, actually, i got it for for xbox initially but then when the option came to change to PS4, I changed to PS4. Um, so when they actually sent me through the code the other day on Saturday, but they had trouble getting keys for Kickstarter um, and what they've done... So I think my pledge was... Yeah, I don't know, 25 bucks or whatever it was. Um, what they've done is they've actually bought a $30 PS4 gift voucher and given it to the PS4 backers um, to buy the game with. So the game's twenty one fifty. Or whatever what was um, and then you have that you know and then you get to keep the the additional eight bucks and and you know save it or spend it on something else um, I was chatting to the one of the main or one of the guys uh, Andrew and he said it didn't cost him too much more um, but yeah apparently there was a bit of red tape or something that they couldn't um, I'm, I'm not too sure he, he didn't he didn't say uh, there yeah, that basically stopped it from getting keys so rather than kind of go <laughs> hey everybody you've got no ps4 keys sorry um, you know they've gone out and done this which is actually really really cool because um, another Kickstarter I backed Agony um, was just <laughs> fucking disaster. Was, was just Agony it was well I got and there must be and this is this is kind of uh, interesting topic for another day but there must be a different way that they go for review keys and backer keys maybe I don't know how, how it all works because obviously I don't you know we don't deal with that but I got by Agony review key uh two or well, almost three weeks before i got my actual kickstarter backer key so the kickstarter keys came in like three weeks after launch basically because they were having so much trouble uh getting them and apparently it almost sounded like they didn't pay for them or something i am not like, quite too sure how it all panned out but yeah like you know i had a, a review key weeks before i had um my actual backer key so it's good to you know have a, a kickstarter experience like this and yeah, the two guys. The reason why it's so just what Karen was saying, why it's so, I guess, robust is they didn't want to. And this, I think, this is all. This should be all, all in the article. But they didn't want to release it. Yeah, like sort of half-assed. Um, and that's why it is so. It's it's optimized. You know, there's no bugs. There's no. It's it's well. It's well done for uh, two guys. But they wanted it to, it to be that way. You, you know how a lot of um, devs will sort of like homefronts you know a good example where they push something out even though they probably know that it's cooked um, and then they patch it you know and then they patch it later um, whereas this was all had all the content ready to go and then they sort of shipped it out the door I think they got funding as well which helped them and, and the Kickstarter funding helped them do that as well um, it might have been a bit different if they didn't reach the kick fund, the, the Kickstarter goal they might have had to have you know punted it out the door without some modes first I'm not really too sure but yeah. It's a good little um. It's a good read, um, and it's a pretty good game. And for twenty bucks, if you have some mates around and stuff, it's, it's uh, heaps of fun. And we have a comp going at the moment, uh, which probably should be up still when this goes live. It's for an Xbox and a Steam key. So check out the Facebook page or Twitter and have a go and have an enter.
1: Um, One thing I'm confused about though. Tell me this: if it's just two guys working on the game. Mm-hmm. Being that it's the game industry, do they take turns being, like, one of them is the downtrodden one and the other person's, like, the overpowered CEO and then they, like, swap on weekends or something? Like, does one person get to, like, rant on Twitter all day but the other person works in a windowless room or...? I think... Like, sorry, this is the game industry. That's how it works, surely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's very interesting. Are these um, Made in Australia segments of... I guess given a pretty good insight into, I mean, only for sort of indie devs, obviously, but how it all works and when one of the, because a lot of the the questions I ask are the same, um, and one of the questions generally is what's the hardest thing you've you know discovered about being an indie dev kind of thing, and a lot hmm. of them always say it's it's not actually making the game that's the difficult part, it's the, all the oh, stuff. It's that definitely comes
1: taking like, turns ranting it, on Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's the marketing, it's the admin. It's the PR going to it's trade the, shows and it's like... going to trade shows. It's, yeah, it's, it's everything that, that isn't
1: making the game. Yeah,
0: and that's and the, the one we did recently, uh, for Dead State Drive, like that that one was I think it's it's probably the best one. No offense, brief battles. Um but yeah, like he was his answers was were super insightful and he just and even for a guy so who posts like Mike Blackney? Yeah, big old Mike Blackney from uh team, team Ma- club team fan club yeah because his handles kurt russell fan club which i thought was actually i actually asked him why was his development name kurt russell fan club turns out it was just his online handle but um Excellent. yeah he, like his answers were super interesting about how he basically has to sh- shut off for a, a day or two at times and deal with admin and all that sort of stuff and, and then the game basically doesn't move and the reason why people always well, not the, sorry, not the reason why, but, you know, people always ask what, you know, when's the release date, when's the you know, when's it coming out? And he's just like, there are days when it basically, the progress or weeks, you know, where it just doesn't move because, because he's a, basically, a, he's a solo dev with contractors. Uh, he's, I know he's brought on a, a couple now, but um, yeah, all, all that sort of stuff is interesting. And then you think about that in, a, in like a larger scope and how, how many moving parts are in like a AAA or a AA sort of dev team. And, yeah, it just makes you wonder how things get made at all sometimes, really. It just goes to
1: show that it's not just as simple as, like, sort of smash a game out and you're done.
0: Well, no, I mean, you can find plenty of those on Steam and those asset flip games that you can. <laughs> oh, yes. Just just ask
1: our old mate. <laughs> yeah, I
3: think that's that. where our publishers like uh, Devolver Digital come into play. Because for our listeners that don't know, Devolver Digital are basically a publisher that more or less publish indie games that would otherwise go unnoticed. And if you look at the E3 presentations, they basically just mock the whole industry. And they have this whole shtick where they don't care about what the industry does. They do what's best for the developers of their games. And it's just this this really cool uh, attitude that they have that has really supported all these uh, indie developers that have come to... uh, can't you just rely on them to, you know, promote and publish your games? Because as you know, we're talking about now, there are so many moving parts to a game that if you rely on such a small number of people, development just stops. And, you know, it's hard to have that be a sustainable thing in the long run.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of of all their games. Um, There are a couple that I uh, have enjoyed and, and there's a couple that I, I like to look of. There's uh, My Friend Pedro. I think that game called, looks, looks so sick. Cool. Um that's a great game. <laughs> and then the one that's uh, the one that got banned in Australia recently which might have oh, Katana got, Zero? Yeah, it might have got re because I know they were what? resubmitting it.
2: I'm not sure if
1: Katana Zero got banned in Australia? Yeah, it got well, banned for
2: like drug uh encouraging well like, yeah, like drug, for drug use, use yeah. But yeah. I know yeah, they I guess were, it smokes an opium yeah, they pipe said or something. They were going to
0: resubmit it, so I'm not sure if it's been reclassified or whatever. I think it's still whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, that game looks pretty cool and that game's been getting like really really good Reviews as too, but yeah, their um, E three shows are always entertaining. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, Even if you have no interest in the games, just watch it for the for watch it for the funny.
0: We might sort of move on to some sort of general news kind of thing, and I guess one thing that's been it's it's blown up our Facebook feed and is the Sonic movie, which is <laughs> 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 yeah. we we like
1: we just talking about the Mortal Combat film before, and we're going to end on the Sonic film, which is just fantastic. Um. um I have yeah, one question think, for everybody. Yeah. Which was the worst though? The. Sorry. I was going to say my my one question that I've written for everybody is that regardless, regardless of how he looks, regardless of how he acts, can Jim Carrey carry this film? Absolutely. Yeah. But he even yeah, he looks the a bit I... shit
2: though. No, his Robotnik
1: looks cool. Yeah. You
2: reckon? I think like, to be. I like the transition from like the like. Him we with his like regular kind of look, going like devolving into the like Robotnik look that
1: everyone. Knows. It, it almost feels <laughs> as if the term it almost so feels good. as if they're like, oh, we
3: should, we need to have someone good as Doctor Robotnik, and then whatever else will make the movie. Yeah,
1: whatever else
0: happens, happens. The only what question Sonic I sort of have maybe? for you, and this is sort of this is a bit off topic, but is it going to be better or worse than that recent Sherlock Holmes film? Ah, oh, Holmes and Watson. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Well that oh film would have been God. ten
2: times better if it had Monster Sonic in it, so like <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Is that the term we're using now, Monster Sonic, sure. to giving kids nightmares?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I wanna
2: I want a robotic like standalone origins film with Jim Carrey.
1: Actually, cool. <laughs> no
2: Sonic in it whatsoever. <laughs> no. How
1: he became the Eggman.
2: <laughs> or just but call yeah, it I the Eggman. That sounds like I love that. I guess for but people
0: th- that don't know, um, just so we can sort of clear up what we're talking Who about. Doesn't um, doesn't <laughs> Well, the Sonic movie, the trailer, yeah, the trailer came out and then everybody hated the design of Sonic himself um, or herself, whatever Sonic is. Itself. Um, it's it's an itself, an um, And yeah, I guess it, it was the director. It was it the director that came out and said that...
1: So the, uh, basically what happened is that the, obviously, for literally months there's been everyone knew that there was a Sonic movie coming but nobody knew what he looked like and there was a silhouette teaser released and then there was a trailer with uh, sorry there was a poster with really muscular legs and people got really all over that one as well and so finally the film trailer came out and that was it it was actually a trailer and people obviously went back against it now Jeff Fowler who is the director of the film has actually tweeted since the internet went completely bananas over how Freakishly terrifying Sonic appeared. He's a mouthful of molars, that's it, they're all molars. But he came in and he said, Thank you for the support, period, and the criticism, period. <laughs> <laughs> the message is loud and clear you aren't happy with the design and you want changes, it's going to happen, period. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most comprehensive, okay, we get it, it's like, shit, <laughs> we'll fix it. Sorry. Like, if that was yeah, Randy, he'd be like, why are you do me like this? Inside? It's <laughs> the complete, like, evil twin Randy who'd just be like, I can't believe you guys did me like that. Well, this this brings up a, a
0: interesting question which which could turn into a, a huge chat in itself. What... Uh, how, how do I phrase the question correctly? In regards to going back to sort of Sekiro and how they didn't have an easy mode, you know, it's just brutally hard, and people were defending that because that's the creator's vision, how do you... Uh do you believe that the Sonic design itself should or this you know this trailer, this design
2: should be respected the, for the creators division? Uh, sorry, I the think division. the difference the vision. difference is like the creative vision for Sekiro was still something good.
3: And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's not even that because even if you ask me I'm quote that. <laughs> even if you ask me, I'm actually not against something like an assist mode for Sekiro, but when it comes to something like uh that, that you know, the whole reveal for Sonic, uh it's it's there they're trying to interpret an artist's vision which has already been conceived. So it's not like their sure. own idea for this thing. It's what they think this is supposed to look like which isn't necessarily something that you should disrespect but it's something that you should criticize if it's going in the wrong direction. Yep. Cuz it, it even, yeah, it, even mean, is, um, it, it even happens a lot is It even happens a lot with games even if you look at uh, a good example would be Uh, if you look at the difference between the art for the Halo games, you look at the Bungie art style and the 343 art style, they're two completely different things. Like, the original Bungie art style is this very militaristic sci-fi kind of thing, whereas the 343 art style is very... It's just sci-fi. You know, you've got the lens flares everywhere, and everything is coloured grey. You know, it's just... And it's kind of like that, where it's just this interpretation of a, a preconceived art style, and... Uh, the, I think what the, uh, the job of a fan is to do is to not necessarily um, vilify or uh, be vitriolic towards the people that interpret it incorrectly but kind of steer them in the right direction.
1: Yep. I think the way that I look at it is that obviously you take into account there's, there's gamer entitlement where you feel like you should get everything all the time but then there's also a gamer expectation. And the problem with Sonic is that He's, as a property, he's not really something that needs to be reimagined. Like, he sort of is what he is. And I think it was quoted up pretty well when um a friend of mine just said simply, Somebody at Paramount, when this film was being made, uttered the words, Let's make the four-foot-tall, neon-blue, talking, running-fast hedgehog more realistic. Mm. That's something that yeah. happens, <laughs> And I mean, like, when it comes to things being reimagined... I am a Transformers fan, so I've had to live through the Michael Bay dynasty and it's not fun. (laughs) If they can get it, it doesn't even have to be a hundred percent. It's explosive. It's entertaining. I'll never say it's not entertaining, but like you don't have to get Sonic perfect, but just like just get him like eighty percent right. Like just get him right enough that it doesn't give children nightmares and you're off to a good start. Is it the teeth?
0: That's the main thing or is it the legs you know, the eyes I the p- think it's, it's I think it's, it's just the proportions the of like an eight year old
2: boy. <laughs> yeah Yeah. It's the problem that it does look like, like somebody in a suit. Astro boy with fur or something like that. How do you accidentally <laughs> CG something that looks like someone in a suit?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, was it literally like a motion capture was done by like an eight year old boy, and then they just changed the head into Sonic with his giant creepy he, teeth? He,
0: he kind of reminds me of the little bit of the kid from Jumanji when he turns into like an ape or kind of something it, like that. He reminds you in like 90% of the internet. <laughs> 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 oh, really? I was like, look, he got more work. Oh, nice. I, I actually haven't really read anything about it apart from people just
1: complaining. I didn't even know <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um but um it's one of those things that like the fact that they reacted and said look hey we are going to make changes the interesting thing though is like is it going to be for the better? Like obviously that sonic de- that sonic design went through like designers it went through focus groups it went through at least a couple of desks of people saying is this okay and the answer was yes what if they make it worse?
0: Yeah it's it's weird how this these things get through. Um <laughs> like
3: no
2: <laughs>
0: Right, we might move Maybe the on. the focus groups is um, just 40-year-old men. A couple of bit more quicker news bits. Um, I know you're all big sports fans here. Uh, Huge. Massive. Mate, the whole site... The ho- hey, I that's been the me. Whole, Good night, everyone. The whole site People could, um, that the playing well-played is yeah, actually referring to sports that's actually games. What, that's the joke I was going to make, but you got to it a bit quicker than I did. Yeah, um, I did. But yeah, the AFL game, which was um, announced, I think, yeah, late, late last year, was due out early this year, has been delayed. Uh, Surprise, surprise! There, because it the first one was pretty terrible. Um, but one of the interesting things is the Facebook post that they announced this delay is that it's going to be using Unreal, but it doesn't specify which version of Unreal. It just says it's going to be using <laughs> Unreal. So <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, it sounds almost sinister. Look, uh, yeah. Well, it, are they using three or are they I,
3: using um, four? Um, Look, it. Either way, it's, I hope it's, going it's, to be. it's found unreal. It's very hard, hard to, to uh, figure out what they're going to say because all they said is your experience. Uh, you'll have vastly improved gaming yeah. experience, including enhanced graphics. So that doesn't tell me much. <laughs> Physics, which. <laughs> My only experience with physics in Unreal was with Borderlands 2, which is Unreal 3, and Warframe, which is Unreal 3. So that's giving me the idea that it might be Unreal 3, and multiplayer modes, which makes no sense. You know, that, yeah, that's it not something says, that comes et with... Yeah. Etcetera.
0: <laughs> then, the, then And then the next paragraph starts off with, all great stuff. So... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a Trump campaign Okay, but what, what I really um, want
3: to have hammer home is, so they've mentioned PhysX. Now, have the developers ever really been uh, really focused on PC as a platform?
0: Uh, it was on PC. Uh, it's done by Wicked Witch, who don't remember what they did. So <laughs> probably nothing good.
3: Because PhysX is a hot topic for debate because the way PhysX works is it's a proprietary uh, physics and par- uh, GPU particle particle calculation method that is uh, proprietary to NVIDIA, which is the biggest GPU manufacturer out there. Um, but a lot of the caveats is if you don't have an NVIDIA GPU, it does all that calculation off for of the CPU, which tanks performance super hard. Oh, yeah. Like if you talk to anyone that's played Borderlands Two with physics on that runs an AMD card, they will tell you that they go from like. Going at like 150 frames per second looking at the ground To looking at one speck of dust and going down to 20 Like it's an absurdly massive amount of uh, of uh, just a performance penalty So I'm really curious as to why they would have done that I have a feeling it might be because using Havoc costs money Whereas PhysX is free mm. So... Valid point it would, I'm really interested To see what they did Because Warframe Used to do it And then they changed To in-house GPU particles Which look much better And they run much better So, so uh,
2: Maybe Maybe if you're um, Maybe if you're using AMD hardware They just turn the ball off <laughs>
3: Yeah I
0: don't know just, But um, I hope it's better Than Than the first one But it, Just to give a, a quick Sort of recap um, A couple weeks Or a couple months ago or, week, or weeks ago They uploaded A new facebook um image on the uh, new a new profile picture and it was not
2: hd it was like pixelated (laughs) it
0: was really
3: yeah man that might be the switch version no it's because
2: it's running on unreal one
0: (laughs) yeah so
1: yeah they never said
2: which unreal engine all the comments are just
0: absolutely gold um and then they, they uploaded one like i don't know like a cut like a day later or something like that but yeah the damage was already done so I think you know after that sort of debacle I'm not expecting great things Um the next sort of quick news thing we'll touch on before we finish off because we've gone on a little bit longer than what I thought we would Um, but it's been good it's been a good good chat Uh but the State tricky. of Play 2. Oh, sorry not sorry, not State of Play 2 but the the next State of Play oh the PlayStation uh, State Ooh, of medieval. Yeah, the Medieval showcase is on Friday at 8am I believe uh, on on for Australian Eastern Standard Time, um, yeah, and as Jordan said, they're going to be showing off medieval. Um, I think we'll all be. Oh my god! Here. I
1: forgot that was a thing.
0: I know. I that
3: forgot that they said they were doing. I am that.
0: so keen. Jordan's for
3: that. a fan. I am so keen. I'm so excited
0: now. Did you guys all play it?
1: The, yeah. or the original, absolutely. Yeah. Hell
3: yeah! I still play it on a PS One. You would. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm. I'm hoping. I reckon. I thought maybe one of Last of Us or uh, Ghost Might be the next game to come out Possibly at the end of the year But I reckon this could be the one that comes out At the end of the year for Sony uh, I think the other two are probably going to be Next year
2: sometime There's, there's um, something new to announce as well, yeah?
0: Yeah, there was a new Well, uh, did it actually say a new game Or news footage or something? No, I think, that's, I think they said a new title yeah. Oh, hell yeah, oh, yeah Can okay, it cool. please
3: be a new Wipeout?
0: That could be anything though no, it's going to be a Pulse challenge. Hell yeah! Anyway. <laughs> um, but what else do you... Are there anything... Sorry, is there anything that you sort of want to see or talked about?
3: Uh, oh, that's a good question, actually.
0: Just very very quickly. You said you wipe out, so there's your turn done. <laughs> yes, yeah, see? I'm good. <laughs> no. Uh, anything else?
1: Uh, I mean... I mean, what, for just Sony in general?
0: Well, yeah, so they're obviously going to be showing off whatever the was it 25 minutes or whatever
3: i I would i would love to see more of ghost of tsushima because that game looked very interesting and it's very much in a setting that i love it's part of why i love sakura so much is that whole feudal japan is just it's my jam and so i would Mm. love to see more about that especially because we pretty much haven't Mm. heard anything since e3
2: yes i'd be keen to see something like like that i want to see more ratchet and clank because Insomniac have been talking about it again recently, like just mm. in like semantics, but you know, like it's they're done with Spider-Man and the remake they did a couple years ago was amazing, so it's time.
0: Is Ratchet a new game or a remake
3: or something? To reimagine the most recent Rational one Clank f- game. It was, it was well, like
2: that, the new one. Sorry, like yeah. Is it well the one that they released a couple years ago? I haven't got anything coming up.
3: Oh, the one released a, a couple years ago one. was basically a retelling oh, right, of the sorry, first game. Sorry, and, okay, sorry. I thought there was yeah, one that they'd already.
2: No, I want that uh, to be, like, the the new surprise, but I, it probably won't be, that. it'd be dope. But, yeah, like, the last one was, like, a reimagining of the first game.
3: I, I would also, the odds, from, the, um, from Insomniac, I'd also love uh, Sunset Overdrive for PS4. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that game is awesome. That's so good. That is a game that really, yeah, <laughs> that the best game nobody's yet. played. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's anything, apart from maybe, I don't know, something about The Last of Us, though. I'm not too two phased afl evolution 3 oh yeah yes you know what they're just they're going to cancel two and just make
2: three um, yeah because somebody told them unreal there was 3. a newer unreal engine they're like oh shit <laughs> i'm to start again
3: Did, do you reckon do you reckon they got to use an unreal engine for the number of the games so afl evolution 2 is unreal engine 2 and then evo 3 oh. will be unreal 3 and evo 4 will be unreal i unreal four. So.
2: I hope so. They'll one get the... up to four, then they'll reboot it, and they are like, oh, shit, we've got to use the first one again. One <laughs> of the rumours that um, of why it's
0: delayed, is, uh, apart from the engine, is um, that the AFL don't want it to be shit a- again. like <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, which I think is a v- very tough ask. Um, when you look
2: at the people that run the AFL as well, like their opinion on a game doesn't hold much water. So no, if they well... think it's shit, well... Well, I think because they're
0: giving a a bit of money towards it, obviously, but um, it's just not enough, clearly. No, I think, (laughs) and I think I wrote this in the other review. I was very generous in with like the other game because I think when you get a sports game, a lot of people expect like a FIFA or a you know like an EA Sports kind of game or a Two K, and you know, Wicked Witch aren't going to have the sort of no handball resources. Yeah, um, I think I was reading that the FIFA menus cost more money to make or whatever to produce than the whole AFL game
3: in itself. Well, that's because it's the cross (laughs) engine, so they need to spend like two months with the tech team making it work.
0: And I also believe that AFL, the sport, is not a good video game sport in the modern context. Like the older games that were sort of a bit more, not 2D, but kind of not as modern um, were okay. But I think now that it's sort of yeah, well, more modern um it's, it's just there's too many variables of the ball and all the different actual mechanics of the sport itself i don't, I don't think it translates in, yeah. into a good game it, it so would... unless you got aa willing to put 100 million in
3: i don't think it's going to be yeah it would be a hard action. experience to get right because you know especially at some points of looking at afl it can be a very messy game to watch so imagine mm-hmm. how it plays it'd be a very messy game to play at some points especially when everyone's trying to juggle the ball but they're just touching each other's butts or whatever mm-hmm oh i'd
0: play that um the other bit of news that jordan's written down here is the amd navi 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 maybe?
3: so navi? you know if you played zelda you would know but <laughs> so basically the whole room the, all, all these rumors are based around um, AMD's next gpu architecture which for you know people that aren't aware what a gpu architecture is is basically um the way that uh, pro, uh, graphics processor is built cpus are the same and it's more or less entails the efficiency and the strengths of a gpu so earlier a few weeks ago um, when some of the ps5 details got released it was announced that the ps4 w- the ps5 i mean would use an avi gpu which is a revelation because the consoles aren't very good at keeping up to date with technology uh, and so an, uh, a news article has just come out today via guru3d.com and it's purely speculation to take it with a grain of salt but They're talking about the whole line of Navi GPUs going from an RX 3060 all the way to an RX 3090 XT And uh, the XT um, models would be kind of like the TI models for um, NVIDIA's line except for AMD And so it talks about how you have your different levels of compute units going from the lowest end having 32 to the highest end having 64 it Goes through the TDP, which is the um, thermal, it's basically how much power it uses, and it also gives you uh, an idea of what the performance should be expected around. So, looking at this uh spec sheet that I have here from this article, it's saying that the top end RX 3090 XT will have similar levels, if not the same level of performance, as the Radeon 7, which was that uh, came out in February, uh, plus about 10 percent, which is kind of about what you expect from a generational leap you don't expect huge amounts of performance gains it's kind of like this incremental thing especially with amd's gcn architectures so so the um it'll be interesting to see which which uh gpu in this uh sony is kind of within this product stack for their PS5 because even at their their bottom end for the RX 360 is the RX 580 which was for a while it was AMD's top end card so even then that's still pretty good so it'd be interesting to see what they do and the Navi architecture isn't expected to release until pretty much next year and it wouldn't surprise me if it released alongside a PS5 launch
0: yeah, be the flagship GPU for it so what is it what does it mean? Like, so give me examples of what it does. So, is is it better visuals? Is it okay? So, it it's whatever? not
3: necessarily better visuals. It's better processing. So, the most of the things that a lot of um. But
0: it, what does that mean, though? Like, like what, like what am I going to be seeing?
3: Ah, uh, so you'll probably you might are, see better visuals if uh, the developer I mean. opts to go for better visuals, especially for the consoles. But what most of these uh, architectural improvements mean is that these components become more efficient so they can do the same thing for less power or they can do more for the same amount of power currently being used.
0: And So that means they can sort of allocate more power to other things? So, they, so will, we might see things
3: like frame rate increases? You probably will see things like frame rate increases, especially uh, it's a, been a bit of a push, especially with the Xbox One X um, and Xbox in general supporting FreeSync, which is uh, an adaptive... Uh, vertical synchronization technology which basically um it basically stops uh, getting screen tearing in a game unless it's something like uh oh uh, there was a game that was getting screen tearing on the PS4 i forgot what it was um what recently i yeah. evolution <laughs> no not with unreal engine <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so with things like that and um it just it kind of uh reinforces this idea that uh, higher frame rates e- equal, a uh, clearer experience It's part of the reason why I prefer PC games Not because, you know, oh, I prefer, c- I care about the graphics so much more Couldn't give a shit about the graphics I'm more about the frame rate Um, so it, it means a multitude of things So the PS5 could be quieter because it's using less power Um, it could also be quieter because, and because less power is going through it It could also mean that, um the failure rate could be lower because you're stressing the components a lot less. So you don't get a repeat of the Xbox 360, which had a failure rate of like 50%.
0: Mm. So basically, day one (laughs) buy.
3: Yeah, pretty much. How
0: much, much. like, what sort of, if you were putting one of these GPUs into into your rig... How much are we looking
3: at? Uh, well, so with the Navi GPUs, it's going from around 140 US to 500 US, which is... Ah, uh, a bit cheap. Uh, so uh, it all depends on what you go. The low end, which is still looking pretty good, is still fairly affordable, but it kind of remains to be seen. There was talk about the Radeon 7, which just came out. It was going to be like two or $300 cheaper than the RTX 2080, but it ended up mirroring that... Um, that price point purely because of the the v that it used was just so expensive and they had so much of it that it kind of made up that price gap and it got identical but this is using a much cheaper form of VRAM by the looks of it so you'll generally see it be maybe 20 to 30 percent cheaper than nvidia's offerings for more or less the same thing yeah.
0: What if? Uh, what's the price if crypto takes off again? Oh well,
3: that I can't tell you because <laughs> if Bitcoin <laughs> the, comes the back, the least thing about crypto was crypto was massive. Um, the the GPU market in Australia for Nvidia wasn't that bad. Like, uh, an, a, a 1080 Ti costs like fifteen hundred American in in the US, but it still costs you know the uh, regular the RRP of 1200 in australia so what a lot of australians are doing was they were buying these up and then selling them for the american price and just just pocketing from the currency exchange
0: it was madness that's what it was anyway let's uh wrap it up there kind of the rest of the week what are we because uh, it is tuesday while we record this what's what's the plans for the rest of the week is there anything you're going to be playing reviewing uh writing i mean
3: i'll probably just go back to playing breath of the wild i've been trying to uh, find various games to do deep dives on and i found a lot of the zelda games are fun to do deep dives on so you know expect nice. some articles oh, yeah. like that in the near future and uh yeah i might do some other games like god of war to get started on all that as well how do you play god of war
0: with oh deep dive sorry
3: uh, how do i how do i do a deep dive no, no, no!
0: Sorry, uh, I thought you meant that you haven't played God of War, oh. and then I realised you were talking. Yeah, sorry. Then I realised you, yeah, you were talking about the deep dive.
3: Man, I bought the console for it. How could I have not played it? Uh, okay.
0: Shh. <laughs> Let's, can you can you erase that out? <laughs> Twenty bucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, pose, k- please remove that.
0: <laughs> Karen, are you are, are you
2: playing anything? <laughs> um, I I don't know. I might um. Give, oh you got Life give... Strange. is Strange is that out oh that's out on the on the 9th in a couple of days I'm pretty sure um, I'll definitely now? be playing that no Ah oh, bummer
3: anyone getting Rage
2: 2 uh, d- oh, I, I will definitely be playing that's next week uh, I will definitely be playing Rage 2 um, looks dope I played a little bit in the past it was awesome
1: Ash my boy me well, uh, generally I went through a scramble and found a whole bunch of games that I forgot that I even bought. So apparently I'm going to be playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance sometimes. Oh, that's we- a great game. I bought it on Xbox 360 and never played it. Hmm. That that's was... just how I roll, baby.
0: I think I got it when it was free on PS Plus. Went
1: back on the PS3. Yeah, I realise that most of these games that I own I probably have them free on some subscription service somewhere. But yeah, no, I definitely own it and I definitely have not so played it. So I think it.
3: the question for you, Zach, is... How many games in your backlog are you going to ignore this week? All of them. <laughs>
0: to replay I'll, I'll be continuing to play Days Gone, slogging through that, but I'm also reviewing a Plague Tale, Innocence, at the moment, uh, which comes out on Tuesday, same day as Rage 2. Uh, and if you have an option to buy one or the other, I would say Redacted.
1: Um, I would definitely say uh, pick up another copy of Troll and I for oh, Nintendo Switch do that That game goes uh,
3: on yeah, sale so, uh, all the time so it's always worth it
0: I'll be playing that um, apart from that I do want to try and finish Dishonored 2 at some point before the end You're of what, what? why don't
3: you finish Sekiro who did
0: you play through as? sorry uh, play through is cool. I played through as Corvo I couldn't there, so the initial time I booted it up I you do the first bit and then it asks you, "Who do you want players?" And I couldn't choose, so I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can't make me choose.
0: Um, yeah, I could. I just I was like, "Oh, do I want?" So I actually did like a bit of research on what powers who has, and I was just like, nah, "I think I like Corvo's move set a bit better." And I played Corvo in the first one, so I sort of have a bit of, you know, Man Crush. A of, yeah, a bit of love for Corvo. Just call it what it is, Man Crush.
3: So when are you gonna finish the tier um,
0: well, I think you've locked me out of your account again. Have I? Which is fair. Enough. <laughs> well, yeah. How we can fix there's that? There's a lock on. There's a lock on. Um. On the icon of it. Oh. So, but that's fine. I mean, I, no idea. I got up to. I don't think I even got up to the first boss. <laughs> um, and not and not because I died, um, but because I just didn't play like that much. I got up to the part where, you meet the guy. And oh, yeah, that's like how, uh, yeah. yeah, I know exactly. Let talk. The guy. And then he tries to kill you, right? Who's like the merchant. And you got to buy information from him, and you're not sure if he's. Oh,
3: you're something. there. Okay, yeah, that's very early on.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's where I sort of. <laughs> yes.
1: That's I, 10 minutes into the game. Practically. I, think I
2: saved after that, and then I never got a chance to go back to it. Zach's up to that guy. He's like, he asks you, like, do you want to start a new game or do you want <laughs> options? Yeah, I'm up to
1: that guy that says, like, please enter your name and says, are you a girl or a boy? No,
3: no, no. Are you a grill?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Professor Oak's in obviously.
0: If you could play as Corvo in Sekiro look,
1: that, that just tells over.
3: me you want the PC version, so you can mod that in.
1: Oh damn! It.
2: <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Can I Thomas play the Tank
1: Engine? Leon, yeah. probably. Shirtless Leon,
3: probably. Nice. Look, if you ask for it, a model will make it.
1: Yep, ask for it nicely, and it'll happen.
3: All right. Cool. Oh, that's
0: a we had a very good chat on our first hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for the next episode.